Hi, I'm Emily Salaby, founder of Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company, and your host on the Hazard Girls podcast here on Jacket Media. I'm so honored to host this show where I get to chat with Hazard Girls about their careers. Hazard Girls is an online community for women working in traditionally male-dominated fields. On our show, you'll get to hear from these amazing women about the path that led them to their current careers, challenges they've overcome, advice for other women in entering these industries, and more. Asia Fee is a chemist, founder, and social media content creator. Asia received her BS in chemistry from California State Channel Islands in 2020 and has worked in many technical internships in the field, as well as as a lab technician with Parker Hannafin, where she was leading innovative research projects during the peak of the COVID-19 pandemic. In 2020, Asia founded her own cosmetics company, Alchemist Asia, specializing in science-inspired products. We were connected with Asia through our partnership with Reinvented Magazine and the Princesses with Power Tools Calendar. Asia is, of course, one of the scientist princesses in the calendar. Welcome to the Hazard Girls podcast, Asia. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. How are you? I am doing well. So now I know you call yourself a remote chemist. Are you in Alaska right now? So right this second, um, no, I'm visiting family in California, but yes, for the past two years, I have been living and working in Alaska. Um, so I'm very far when it comes to most scientists. <laughs> well, uh, so I feel like a lot of scientists are based in Alaska, not, maybe not like the majority, but the, I, there are a good deal of them based in Alaska because there's so much interesting work to be done there. What type of, uh, are you, what type of research work are you doing in Alaska? Is it so, related to the terrain at all? Yeah, so um, there's definitely a lot all throughout Alaska, definitely, but the town that I was working in is very, very small. Uh, the nearest town is about six hours away uh, from us, so they only had one or two lab sites, um, one of them being like the local college and the other being for the pipeline, which is actually where I ended up working uh, the second year I was living in Alaska, um, but I was able to participate with the local college, so they did have a study where I was working in a marine wildlife study, so it had more so to do with collecting data on a specific type of uh, plankton that was, um, we found high levels of it in certain water areas and it aligns like correspondingly with uh, toxicity in the water supply. So that was something we were collecting for local tribes and natives. Uh, so that way they knew what time of season to collect uh, shellfish or water in those areas without having that harmful plankton essentially in their food and water supply. Uh, so that was some of the research I got to participate in. And that's a huge portion of the research that happens in Alaska just because we have such a diverse terrain. Uh, so with the water, with the snow and the ice, um, as well as the different greenery and a lot of the wildlife because we have a huge wildlife population. Uh, so there's so much to be done. I feel like it does lean more on the biological side, but there's a lot of chemistry, a lot of math, um, a lot of engineering happening up there as well. Yeah, that's so interesting because when you first started talking about it, I thought, well, isn't that biology? And isn't she a chemist? So uh, how, how does that connect? Yeah, so it's just, I mean, 
even starting with my previous research, there was a lot of interdisciplinarity. So that's kind of where I came into place. So even though I didn't have the biology background, um, I've done biochemistry and I did, I was required to do some uh, sort of biology throughout my years as well. But there's a lot of chemistry that goes hand in hand with biology. So a lot of the times you see us on the same research team, just because they understand the wildlife and they can break down um, from an atomic level as far as just knowing the species themselves, whereas we can focus more on the uh, mass spectrometry. Uh, so like we have a water supply and we want to test it, we can take that and test it on our mass spec, whereas they would look more under a microscope or um, look more into the organism itself. So we collect this data and we compare and we can take both of this information to come to a point together. Okay, so now is this part of is this part of your work uh, with one of the internships that you've been doing? Which company is it? Are you allowed to tell us? Um, so this one was for just a local company. So I think it's only for the Pacific Northwest. Um, mm -hmm. I have to come back on the name of the uh, company, but they are a nonprofit and they just collect this data. So this one's just uh, by volunteers. So this is just helping the local community. So um, it was public research that we're trying to make accessible to everybody. And that was like the key factor about it. So they are trying to get grants and more money for it. So that way we can have supplies, but ultimately it's an opportunity for students to get involved to, you know, really help out the community as far as um, this, this shellfish and water supply uh, kind of thing I was describing earlier. Mm -hmm. um, but the current internship that I'm working with right now um, is my remote one. So when I was physically working in Alaska, I was working on projects like that, working um, in the laboratory. But while I've been visiting here in California, I've been doing my remote job uh, with SOCNUS. So SOCNUS um, stands for the Society of Advancing um, Native Americans and Chicanos in Science or STEM. Um, and it's been a really cool nonprofit to work for. Um, I actually went to one of their conferences as an undergrad and it spoke to me so closely just because they combine science and culture all in one space. Mm -hmm. And it is just a breath of fresh air to truly be your, your own full self. Uh, so I've been working with this company as an intern for their social media. So that's kind of where it comes to play. So I have the STEM outreach background as well as the social media content creation know-how and I was able to put both my passions into this project working with them as an intern. That's so cool and so because you just graduated in 2020 right so it's very recent. Yes. <laughs> and are you going back to Alaska? Um, I'm hoping to. I, I should be going back up back in March but we're down for the winter. Oh okay yeah I guess it gets pretty pretty cold there. Um, Okay, so I also heard that you were at the Reinvented Magazine Space Gala recently. How was that? It was amazing. I feel like a lot of us are still posting about it, even though <laughs> it was, oh my gosh, weeks ago now, but um, it was so stinking fun. I really enjoyed <laughs> myself. <laughs> yeah, so can you tell us about the gala? It's part of Reinvented Magazine. Um, it's, it's associated with the Princesses with Power Tools calendar, but can you tell our audience um, what the connection is? and who is the gala for? Oh my gosh, the gala is, I mean, for everybody. That was the best part too. So when people hear space, they think, okay, this is just the aerospace industry. These are just for engineers. These are just for astronauts. And that's not at all what happened. I mean, it was definitely themed, which I can appreciate so much. 
and I'm sure everyone else did too, but it was open to, you know, people, um, people in STEM who are, you know, underrepresented minorities and specifically women as well. Mm -hmm. So that's who we got to see while we were there. Um, so half of the audience, I would say were people like me. So I got to see a lot of creators I've been following for gosh, over two years now, we finally got to meet in person. Whereas the other half came from other nonprofits or institutions who were helping fund or uh, promote different outreach positions. So whether they are companies that are recruiting or actively wanting to help their local communities or their nonprofits that are trying to fund students and help them and help uh, provide financial stability for research groups and things like that. All sorts of people from the STEM community were a part of this space gala. Um, and the space gala itself was a combination of, you know, just appreciation and awards uh, for all the people and the hard work that they've done, as well as learning more about those opportunities and about these companies that are helping or ways we could help or how we could donate to provide um, more um, donations to Reinvent Magazine, which is I'm sure something we'll talk about later. Um, mm -hmm. And then of course, just bringing everyone together so we could just talk science. And that's exactly what happened was we were all dressed up and we were just getting so giddy about so many different things. I mean, from the centerpieces on the table that were rockets to um, <laughs> one of the girls who were at our table and she was head to toe in science tattoos. And that was awesome. probably the conversation point for a good hour. Like just yeah. <laughs> nerding out about stuff like that was probably the key factor of it. And then getting to end the night dancing all together um it felt so surreal <laughs> oh it sounds amazing I want to go next year I, I really wanted to go this year but I couldn't uh I had a conflict but Haley says that it's hopefully going to be next year as well so definitely. I hope so because you can count me in for the next one <laughs> <laughs> okay well let's talk about your journey how did you originally get interested in chemistry is this something you were always doing in high school or is it something you discovered during undergrad so I think it started as early as childhood. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like I was actively participating. I thought I would actually go more into engineering just based off of the stuff I was interested in. I was very artistic and I loved to do a lot of like, uh, you know, the Rube's Gold kind of, um, not Rube's Gold, I don't know if that's the right term, um, but those Rube machines Goldberg? where you- uh, Rube Goldberg? Rube Goldberg. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I used to build a lot of those as a kid. Cool. Um, cool. I, I, they had no purpose whatsoever, but making one thing do another thing to another thing mm -hmm. and not have like a system that was built to do that. Um, I thought it was so fun. Um, and so I, I used to do that a lot. I was, um, I think I was just really good at science, but I just, I completely would throw that away. I'd be like, oh, I'm really good at this thing. Ignore it. And I would just kind of like, oh, okay, that's fine. Like I would, um, I mean, even in grade school, I was, uh, I would work on a project and it, I did it three days before it was due for our science, like, uh, mm -hmm. like our science fair. And I was like, oh, like whatever I did it in three days. And it was so good. I actually got to advance, uh, to our county's like fair, which was insane to me. I didn't get any ribbon for that, but it was, that was kind of like one of my eye opening, like, oh, maybe I should take this a little more seriously. So when I got to high school, um, that's exactly what happened was I was doing super well in my math and science classes and it was just kind of clicking. Um, but I didn't know if I wanted that to be my future just because, you know, in high school, especially in the small town that I grew up in, there were not a lot of scientists, um, let alone like 
if, if you were a scientist, you were either a teacher or you worked in a lab. And that was so like, I mean, we knew nothing about that. We mm-hmm. were just, it was just kind of a cloud term. Um, so I was like, oh, I don't know if I could pursue something like this, but it wasn't until I actually discovered my passion for makeup that I discovered chemistry. So mm-hmm. I was super into makeup. I mean, clearly I still am today. Um, I used to wear so much and I started back in sixth grade, um, but I couldn't afford like the lipstick colors I wanted. So I started experimenting and doing a lot of research online on how to make my own. And I started developing my own formulas because I wanted these custom colors that I could not get anywhere else. Um, It was super fun. And then a lot of my friends like were like, hey, this is pretty cool. Like you should look into it. And that's exactly what I did. And I learned that cosmetic chemistry was a thing. So mm-hmm. I was like, I want to learn more about it. I, I want to know the science about it. I'm like, I love the makeup as well. And I think it's cool designing a brand just like a lot of celebrities do, but I want to know how it's made from the start. And so I went head on into chemistry and it wasn't what was I that, went to. So was originally. that during high school? Yeah. Was that, that was during high school? This was during high school. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So, um, from there, I, I realized I wanted to major in chemistry, but I didn't go directly into cosmetic chemistry. Um, I went into just basic chemistry because I wanted to learn as much as possible before I niched down. Yeah, that makes total sense. And so what was your undergrad experience like then? So you were doing regular chemistry or I don't know what you called it just now, but, um, your basic chemistry and you were obviously, well, I'll, I'll let you tell me, was it mostly men and, and you, <laughs> or were there, was there a good mix? So when I, so I actually started a community college mm-hmm. and, um, there were not a lot of people in my grade who were, um, actively going towards a chemistry degree. So mm-hmm. a lot of my classes were pretty mixed in community college. And I was like, oh, this is like healthy. This is great. There's yeah. so many people who are pursuing this. And then when I would talk to my classmates, that's when I found out every single person in that room were going into the medical field. Um, No one else was going into just chemistry alone. They were all just kind of doing these classes um, as a requirement to get into medical school. So um, even then I felt like I was the only person just doing this because my school is really big on nursing. So my community college, I had no exposure whatsoever. There was nothing for me. There was no like STEM community out there. Uh, we had people who were in science, but you know, they weren't really uplifting us. Um, it wasn't until I transferred to Channel Islands and I got the biggest experience of my life. And that's when I did discover how big chemistry was and how diverse it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was interesting. So it was really depending on the type of chemistry where there was more women versus more men. So um, depending on the course that you were in, there was like um, higher higher rates of uh, both, which was kind of interesting to me, but ultimately, yes, there was definitely a lot less women still. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Was there a STEM, a women in STEM group at your university? Specifically for women, no, but we did have a big STEM community. So we had a lot of STEM events. We had specifically chemistry and biology groups and like physics and so on and so forth, um, but not one just for women. Okay, so then, so you're you're in, that's a four-year college. So well, you you finished after your associates a couple of years. 2020, you graduate. What, What has been your path since graduation? I know you mentioned a few of your internships. Have you been hardcore focused on your internships? Um, are you balancing that out with your company? Gotcha. Um, so yeah, 
when I was an undergrad still, um, that's actually where I started my internship with Parker Hannafin. So before I was a lab technician, I was an intern for them. And then graduation, I was able to promote to a lab technician and I worked with them during the pandemic. Um, but ultimately the pandemic was what had me leave that internship and position with Parker Hannafin. So I was deemed an essential worker and I was working with them as we were helping develop um, packaging and different filtration systems for the vaccine. Um, but I lost my housing. So all of my roommates had to move back home and I was left with a four person lease that had to either be updated, which I could not afford, um, or I was, oh my goodness, I, I, I had no other option actually. So I had to move out. Um, and so from there, that's actually where Alaska came in and where my future internships came into play. So um, after losing my housing, um, I made a huge decision with my partner to go with him to Alaska. Um, so he was going to that college that I had mentioned previously, the one in Alaska. Um, and I followed him, I quit my job and I went up there and I started my remote work. Um, not only being in a remote area in Alaska, but having to work completely virtual because COVID was still at the peak of its prime. Um, and there was just not a lot of positions locally um, available for people within my STEM degree. So remote in two senses of the word, right? Like you're, you're actually working remotely, but you're in a very remote area as well. Correct. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now you started, you mentioned that you started Alchemist Asia. That's your cosmetics company. You founded mm -hmm. that cosmetics company, I think you said during high school, or was it in 2020, right when you graduated? When was that? Uh, the same year I graduated. So that following fall, I graduated the spring of 2020, and then um, I started my company in September of 2020. Oh, okay. Tell us about it. Tell us all about your company. Yeah, so um, I actually started it around the same time where... Uh, I was working full-time for Parker Hannafin and I was so busy with having to develop the um, stuff as an essential worker. So I was working 40 plus hours a week, but um, because I was living alone at the time, I couldn't go out socially and do things like that. So I actually rekindled my love for um, creating cosmetics. So I started making them on my own because you know everyone had to stay home. So that was my side project. Uh, mm -hmm. while I was working full-time because I needed something to fulfill me artistically and with my passions and I just wasn't getting that at work so I started redeveloping stuff and I actually made too much lip gloss so I put it on my Instagram and I was like hey does anyone want these I made too much I was just trying to make one for myself and people mm -hmm. actually bought them not just like I didn't just give them away they bought them and yeah. I completely sold out of all of them so it was kind of like one of those key factors and a friend recommended, she was like, look, you should do something about this. And I was like, I think you're right. And so I started my business um, after doing extensive research um, and sourcing of all of my ingredients and things like that. But what came together specifically for my business was um, being someone who's working full-time in the lab, um, I was getting a lot of, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this here, but I was getting a lot of crap for being a woman who wore, you know, a lot of makeup, lashes, mm -hmm. hair done in the lab. And sometimes people would attribute that with my intelligence and my ability mm -hmm. to work in the lab. And I wanted my brand to be the complete opposite of that. I wanted it to be inclusive. I wanted it to be feminine yet 
intelligent and smart and inclusive. So um, when I said that my products are science inspired, they are inspired by scientific phenomena, um, but they are pink and fun and mm -hmm. super cool. And we don't hide anything. So we like to share with your audience how it's made and why it was inspired this way and how you can learn more. And that way, everybody from every background can participate in. And I think that's the biggest thing about certain products is a lot of people don't get to participate in it because they either don't know the chemistry or they don't know the industry. And I think it's a conversation that should be accessible and open to everyone. And so that's how Alchemist came to, or Alchemist Asia came to be was, you know, bring all of that negative stigma that I no longer wanted in the lab, as well as, bring the beauty community more in touch with science. So our tagline is reducing science stigma, and that's to reduce the stigma that's negatively associated with science being a part of beauty on both sides. I love that. And it's, I, it's such the movement of bringing together the idea that femininity is okay. And you can, you can be both, you know, the hashtag, we can be both, you can be both. We can, we can be feminine if we want to be feminine and also be a scientist. I, I love how, you know, in generations past, the big fight to get to the next level was getting women in, right? But now it's, it's we can just be ourselves. We don't have to conform to a different standard, a, ma a masculine standard or any other standard. We can be ourselves and we can celebrate that. And I think that's exactly what you're doing with your brand and your mission and you know all the work that you're doing in promoting inclusivity in STEM, I love it. It's it's incredible work. Um, I think it's so important because it's bringing more people, more women, and others into the STEM community when maybe before they would have felt unwelcome. So it's 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 extremely important work, and we thank you for it. Definitely, Juno <laughs> Jones definitely um, is you know a whole part of that movement as well with being fashionable. And, and, you know, protect, you know, being in STEM and protecting yourself. So we're, we're like right there with you, Asia. Um, I would like you to talk a little bit about how you got the company off the ground in the first place. Because I, I think a lot of uh, women that are in our audience, they do want to start their own business or that, you know, it's, it's an idea that they have these side projects and they want to turn it into a business. How did you do that? <laughs> Um, I, you know, it's funny. I ask myself that every day. I'm like, how did this, how did this even happen? But um, I think ultimately just knowing who your audience is, um, mm -hmm. I think it's more so, um, especially for us, I feel like a lot of our businesses come through passion as opposed to trying to, I mean, everyone would love to see these take off and be able to completely survive off of that and make millions off of it. That would be the dream goal for, I think, anybody. I think that'd be so cool if your passion could pay off. Um, mm -hmm. But ultimately, knowing that your main goal of your company is serving someone, um, mm -hmm. I think that's what really helps it take off the ground. So I'm, you know, not just making it because I'm like, oh, I think this is cool and I want it to sell well. I know that we don't have a lot of brands that are completely transparent about the science and wanting to, you know, again, bring that uh, reduced stigma into this, into this space, just because beauty doesn't like science for some reason, and science doesn't like beauty in the lab. Like, it, again, they're both constantly fighting yeah. about those, and I want it to be an open space 
And after having multiple conversations with so many different people and so many different women who like to be feminine lab or people who are non-binary or non-conforming, mm-hmm. um, they want to dress and look a certain way because that is them. That is who they're representing. And because it is such a niche category that's not being represented, that's how I was able to take off is knowing that I'm serving that community specifically. So a lot of the people who are purchasing for me are you know, people who are wanting to look that way or wanting to learn more about science. And that was something that was not previously um, addressed. And I think that's the biggest part about getting your business going, whether you're selling a product, selling a service, or just being a part of the community is just knowing who you're serving. And I think you're going to have so much support when you have a greater community that needs serving, they're going to be there with you because they need that as well. Yeah, that's a beautiful statement and so true. And okay, so can we get into the nitty gritty about the cosmetics a little bit? Because Yeah, of course. You know, I can be a girl, girl and I like my cosmetics. So I want to hear about this. I looked at your website. Um, oh. I, saw, I saw that the products, some of the products are really cool. Well, they all look really cool, but some of them are actually, you say science themed and I assumed you meant um, in the development of the formulas, but are, all, are there other things about them that are science themed, like shapes? Oh, definitely. Yeah, we have some. Uh, the number one thing is every single one of our products are uh, named after scientific phenomena. Uh, mm. So, for instance, we have an oil that's called the bioluminescence oil. So that's actually to reflect one of my personal favorites. Um, so there's the phytoplankton that have the bioluminescence and being someone who grew up in SoCal, that's something that happens um, over here on our coast. Uh, where you have certain movement in the water and when you move that plankton they show off that bioluminescence so that bright blue that you see in the water that's actually what our facial oil looks like Um, it also smells heavenly so I felt like it was perfect because it's glowy it's blue like that's bioluminescence to me so that's how we got the name and inspiration for that product whereas we have others that are shaped to reflect exactly something from science. So there's two specifically that I can think of. Um, One that's like a personal favorite in my heart um, is our self soap. So those ones are individually made. So they're a soap about this big and they're enlarged to basically look like a giant animal cell. Um, So it's got the nucleus, it's got the Golgi apparatus and it's all uh, soap. So it Uh is so stinking cool and they smell so good. I think it's super cute. Those ones are usually really fun, especially for those bio majors. They Mm -hmm. love those. And then my number one bestseller and starting product of my business overall is our test tube lip gloss. And that is exactly Mm. what it entails. It is in a test tube and it's got a lip applicator and everything, um, but it is just a universal gloss, successful and usable for everybody great for sensitive skin, not sticky at all. Um, it's great on its own. It's great as a topper. Um, and it's just, yeah, that's probably my favorite product. Um, and that's exactly that. I was going to ask you what your favorite product is. Uh, so, okay. But aside from the, the test tube with Bob, do you have another favorite, favorite product based on formulation? Um, on based on formulation. Ooh, oh my goodness. Um, I think it's a tie between our face mask and our face cream. Um, both have a similar process. So those ones are very different from any other product because they do have a high water content. And Mm -hmm. if you ask any cosmetic chemist, um, using something with water usually poses a lot of difficulty because you, it does require 
more science than just mixing things together. Um, it's understanding how you know preservatives work and finding out ratios and doing a lot of math on it. Um, but the process of it and getting to blend your water and oils and getting to mix them and create this fluffy texture, that's what happens in both our facial cream and our uh, face mask. Um, I think those ones are just by formulation standards, the most fun to make. Um, and that's, I feel like the most chemistry feeling yeah. product when I make it. Um, I feel like I'm truly working on a chemistry project when I'm working on those products. Now, are you making all of these products yourself? I am, yes. Everything is sourced in-house and made by me. Uh, so we don't outsource anything with an exception of our ingredients and product or product packaging. Um, but everything else, um, is handmade by me in our um, home lab, essentially. Okay, now I, I think I read on your LinkedIn that you have storefronts, is that right? I do, yes. So um, not for my that's entire a, that's business, big, of course, but- Okay, because that's a big, yeah, that's a big jump from you know making these in your home and selling them online to having storefronts. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so while I was in Alaska, so my business followed suit um, and I was kind of worried just because I was- quite literally in a different state and I didn't know how they were going to do there. Um, but I got in touch with a lot of uh, local community members, especially different businesses, um, women owned um, or women ran. And I was able to get my products in three different stores that are currently in Alaska. Um, and yeah, that was just so exciting uh, to see my products on a shelf because yeah, I have been functioning hundred percent online. So getting to see yeah. them in person like that was such a big jump. Shopping road trip, we're going. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding, yeah. <laughs> all right, so um, I know Asia, a, a lot of what you do is based all around you know, your mission of STEM outreach and inclusion and the Princesses with Power Tools calendar um, and also your website where you promote uh, you know, all about women in STEM and the opportunities in STEM for all different types of people. Um, they're all, this is all involved in this. So can you tell us, let's start, because I, I think, I know I'm, I'm talking about two different things here. So let's start with your website. I mean, your Instagram, because I don't want to lose the chance for you to tell us about your Instagram and where people can find you and, and what you're doing on there. Okay. Sounds perfect. Yeah. So I'm active most on Instagram, but I also have most social media platforms. So I'm on Twitter. I'm on TikTok. Okay. Um, I am definitely on LinkedIn as well. Uh, but Instagram is definitely where I think you see me flourish the most, just because that is um, where I'm fully myself and fully interactive with our community. So um, it's a great blend of not only I love sharing STEM opportunities. So if there's you know research opportunities, internship opportunities, um, I love to post them there. Um, but I also love to be really creative with my content. So I make a lot of reels and uh, short form videos. Um, that's something I've loved for so many different years. So getting to kind of just bring my personality into my page is a lot of fun. So I think that's the best way to describe it. And everything that we've talked about in this session so far is exactly what you're going to see on my page. Um, completely transparent about who I am and all the multiple things that I'm participating in. I kind of do too much and I know that, um, but it, it's very full and just me on my profile. <laughs> and the Princesses with Power Tools calendar is such a great extension of that, I think, because it has a very similar mission, which is promoting the idea that you, know, you can be both, you can be girly and you can be a princess if you want to, but you can also be a scientist at the same time. And I know my daughter, this is her second year having the Princesses with Power Tools calendar. She's nine. 
she does not picture a man when she pictures a scientist anymore. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so tell us um, a little bit about how you got involved with Reinvented Magazine and their calendar. Yeah, so I've been following them for a couple of years as well, and I've been following their journey. And I remember seeing that previous year calendar and I thought, oh my gosh. And I, I definitely bought one because I was like, I definitely need this. You know, how often mm-hmm. do we get to see that many female scientists in the industry? Um, let alone getting to dress up like that, but knowing the cool science that they do. Um, so I've just been part, like, you know, keeping up to date. And when I heard that they were having an op- opportunity for that, I definitely wanted to be more involved because I think uh, specifically my princess too. And it's so funny. Um, so a lot of people who I grew up with, they see my calendar now that it's um, out in the open. Uh, so my character is technically Mulan but like you know we can't really say that uh-huh. of course um but Mulan inspired Mulan inspired definitely because we had to find like who our inspiration was and that's essentially what I dressed as and they're like oh like that makes so much sense because you know you're Chinese and she's Chinese right and that's completely not the reason I chose her so she was someone I connected with growing up because she was Chinese mm-hmm. but the thing I loved and appreciated about her that really always like deeply connected with me was her duality um, I think that's something that you see all throughout the movie is just knowing that she's fighting you know wanting to be a woman and you know wanting that sort of respect and loving herself that way but at the same time being this strong brave warrior and being treated, you know, differently um, as a man. And I think that's something that definitely reflects with what I do. So there's a lot of masculine traits about me. Um, I love working in chemistry and trade jobs. So like I said, I worked for the oil pipeline where I was working um, with 90% male um, at all times. And Mm -hmm. I was um, collecting samples where bears are, you know, I'm doing, you know, crazy stuff that people consider to be a man's job, but I was out there doing it with full lashes on and curled hair. And <laughs> I think no better person to, you know, fit that position would be Mulan. I feel like she'd be the person to be doing something like that. And I think that's exactly why she represented me and me and her. So um, getting to show that through this calendar was such a big deal for me and all the girls out there who didn't have someone to look up to because um, for the longest time, Mulan was the only person I had. And even then it was kind of like, you know, I can't really pursue a career like her because we kind of don't live in the Ming dynasty anymore, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I can't be a warrior, but what, what can I do? So it was one thing to see someone look like you. It's another thing to see someone look like you and pursue exactly what you're trying to do. And that's why I try to be a role model for myself. So a lot of this was trying to build this role model that I didn't have for myself growing up. And I hope that's something that gets perceived through this, which I'm sure, I mean, just as you said with your daughter too, I mean, that's already a step in the right direction is knowing that women are scientists and if you picture a scientist, you can picture a woman. (laughs) Absolutely. I love it. Um, Okay. So it's at Asia Fee for your Instagram page, right? Correct. Are there any other Instagrams or URLs or social media? Yeah. just as my um, my personal stuff, my business also has um, their own separate social media, and that'll be Alchemist underscore Asia, depending on where you look, but we're most active on our Instagram. Um, but yeah, you can find us both on Instagram. We're both on TikTok, um, and I like to be active on both. So if you want to know more about beauty and science, you can find that on both of our pages. 
great. Asia Fee, chemist, founder of Alchemist Asia Cosmetics and Princess in Reinvented Magazine, Princesses with Power Tools Calendar 2023. Thank you so much for joining us on the Hazard Girls podcast today and for sharing your journey and mission. You're such an inspiration to so many people. And now with the calendar, it's going to spread even wider. So I'm really excited about that. And I'm so happy to have you here today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You have been listening to the Hazard Girls podcast on Jacket Media, sponsored by Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company. That's junojonesshoes.com. And you can go there to learn about our steel toe boots and to join the Hazard Girls community. I'm your host, Emily Salaby. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.